You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. From the author of the book by the same name, it's The Best Saturdays of Our Lives Podcast with Mark McCray. So, Mark, you remember Ghostbusters. Everyone remembers Ghostbusters. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 1984, Bill Murray, mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson, uh, the guy that owns the House of Blues restaurants. Um, um, who is that? Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, a gorilla. Uh, <laughs> you remember that? You remember that movie, right? A, a gorilla? <laughs> yeah. There was a gorilla there, wasn't there? Uh, actually, there was a also a Ghostbusters TV show from, I believe, 1975. We're the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters versus Ghostbusters, everybody. Welcome to the best Saturdays of our lives. I'm Dan <laughs> Klink. And I'm Mark McRae. We're, we got another matchup for you, another versus episode. Who owns it? Yeah, so, uh, you know, there was a Ghostbusters television series from 1975 that was produced for Saturday morning by Filmation Productions. The series was really created to unite Forrest Tucker and Larry Storch, who worked together in the F Troop series. Yeah. And in this new concept, they were to play, you know, sort of incompetent ghost trappers along with Tracy the gorilla. And, you know, that's the gorilla you mentioned earlier, <laughs> yeah. uh, who was uh, the guy in the suit. And the gorilla suit was an actor named Bob Burns. Larry Storch, as you know, is one of my favorite voiceover actors as well. He right. provided the uh, voice for Marlon the Minor Bird who was right. the sidekick on the Brady Kids cartoon, but in my opinion, was the best thing about that series. Yeah, F-Troop was a classic, everybody. If you don't remember that, go check it out. I'm not sure how much of it holds up to today's social sensibilities. Right. Maybe not uh, much. Maybe not much. <laughs> yes, and that's probably why it's not being um, aired anywhere or in syndication anywhere because of some of those social sensibilities, but that's for another episode. That's another episode. This episode, we're starting off Ghostbusters 1975. Uh, you don't really see that being rerun a whole lot either. Correct. So, you know, I guess if we fast forward, uh, Ghostbusters, the the big movie, became this huge franchise for Columbia Pictures. Yeah, yeah that movie was huge. I saw that uh, at summer of 84, and I think I saw that uh, as a double feature with Star Trek Three. maybe. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I wonder if I made that up. I should probably... Uh... It was either Star Trek Three or Gremlins. <laughs> uh, whatever it was it was during that summer those summers of the 80s blockbuster films and ghostbusters in 84 was definitely at the top of that heap right so just you know a little quick background about it uh there was a lot of names being bantered about before they settled on the name ghostbusters right and then once they settled on the name they they did their due diligence with copyright and found out that this little animation live-action company Filmation Productions had the rights to the name Ghostbusters. So they had thought of the name Ghostbusters before they realized someone else, a decade before, 
had thought mm-hmm. of the name Ghostbusters. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, Saturday morning, I mean, you have to think about it. It was geared towards kids. There weren't a lot of adults watching. And this is like nine years after that Ghostbuster series originally aired. And right. uh, it's just one of those those coincidences that uh, someone else just happened to have come up with a similar concept, trapping ghosts, called Ghostbusters. And so Tur- turned into kind of an expensive coincidence, though, didn't it? Yes. Yes, it did. It did. So supposedly Columbia had to license the name from Filmation Productions in order to use the name in the live action 1984 Ghostbusters movie. Right. Uh, So it was licensed for $608,000 plus 1% of the profits. Where thanks to Hollywood accounting, <laughs> no, no, yeah, the movie didn't make a dime. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, yeah. right. Which is so funny, you know. You always hear stories about Hollywood accounting, and yeah. and this movie Ghostbusters is a good example of why sometimes maybe there were financial disputes with after the movie is distributed and it makes all of its its all the revenues come in. Um, this is a good example of how how maybe disputes happen because, you know, on paper, supposedly, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, <laughs> on paper, this movie didn't make any money. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that was very common. Whenever, hey, hey, kids, be careful when they offer you points, okay? <laughs> be careful when they offer you percentages on the back end because there will never be a back end. The movie can make a billion dollars, and yet, on paper, it, 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 it lost money. Exactly, and so... That also meant that Filmation did not get paid <laughs> right. for licensing the name. Right. And uh, according to Lou Scheimer, this is a quote. He goes, it's amazing. I think they spent something like $65 million and they grossed something like $150 million and they never had profits. Yeah. That's when I was exposed to the Hollywood accounting practices. Uh, Lou added... He said they weren't practices; they were well practiced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's that that Hollywood wizardry that goes into uh, goes into those points. And and so you know, you know, Lou Scheimer, probably one of the nicest people in the in the cartoon television business, says, "All right, fine. How about if we make the animated version of the movie?" Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, but, you know, Columbia Pictures decided to give the contract to Deke Enterprises instead. You know, if I can if I can give, throw my two cents in on all of that. Mm-hmm. So Columbia, they come up with the name Ghostbusters. And that's a that's a well, that's one hundred and fifty million dollar name right there. Right. And Filmation's like, well, wait a minute. That's ours. We deserve a bite. We're supposed to get a piece of that. That's our exactly. name. That's our copywritten name. And, you know, six hundred eight thousand dollars plus one percent of what became a 150 million dollar movie that's no small potatoes right turning around and being like okay you didn't pay me the one percent whatever let me do the animated series and columbia might have been like oh you mean the guy who made us pay six hundred eight thousand dollars and one percent that 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 guy wants to do our cartoon no Right. Because certainly if, if anyone in Columbia had looked at Filmation's work, they'd be like, oh, well, this is the logical choice. Mm-hmm. But no, no. And who knows, too, you know, maybe it was a situation where Deke also could have underbitted Filmation. Well, now that's, know, that's, that would be in line with Deke. 
Right. And, you know, that kind of stuff used to happen all the time. Plus, you know, D could have done it maybe a little less expensively because it was going to be shipped overseas anyway. Right. You know, whereas Filmation always was keeping, you know, their cartoons in house. So, right. Um, right. but I agree with you. I believe that it's like, nope, you guys, you made your money off of us. We're not giving you, we're not giving you another opportunity to create the animated series. We'll give that to somebody else. We're not happy with you. We're not happy. Right. Yeah, I mean, heck, maybe if, if there was a time machine while Columbia was speaking with Filmation over the rights to the name, it could have been like, well, why don't instead of you paying us for the name, paying a lot for the name, let's think about an animated series after the film. Right. Let's maybe right. put that on the table while negotiating out the use of the name. That would have probably been the way to go. That would have yeah. been a better deal. Then everything is all tied in together. You have a little bit more leverage as far as negotiation as well. If a animated series is now on the table along with the use of the name. Right. So, oh, but you know what though? I may have answered my own question because they didn't know that the film would be so popular with children. So popular that it would warrant a children's cartoon. In fact, there's virtually no merchandising for the first Ghostbusters movie in oh. terms of toys and whatnot. There's almost nothing out there. Almost everything oh, I didn't out know there. that. It's all tied in through the real Ghostbusters cartoon, even Ghostbusters 2. That merchandising more or less went through the real Ghostbusters brand. So right. maybe I answered my own question. Maybe I just played myself. <laughs> maybe maybe did you ever wonder why there are 24-hour kid networks in my book the best saturdays of our lives i write about how saturday morning became a competitive business and the proving ground for what would become the 24-hour kid network my book covers the big bang of the 1960s explosion of high ratings to the early digital age of saturday morning's last hurrah the 1990s you can purchase my book by going to the best saturdays of our lives.com and i will ship you a signed copy. So yeah, so I, I just love this idea of, you know, going back in a time machine and possibly, you know, having an animated series on the table. Right. You know, but again, it was sort of like an afterthought. Right. You know, right. I guess once Columbia Pictures said no to an animated series, you know, Lou Scheimer probably sat back and says, wait a minute, well, I can still do my own. I did the live action series already. I'll just do an animated version. I mean, and hey, in, you know. And, and in my animated version, it'll be the sons of the original characters, even right. though the, the series, you know, <laughs> actually takes place, you know, not too far in the future. But anyway, right. uh, so that was that. And so that kind of set things up for the one of the greatest battles in the 80s, the Ghostbusters versus the real Ghostbusters. That's right. Yeah, because Columbia and Deke. Now, they owned the rights, but I wonder, going into the cartoon, legally, where Columbia would have stood. Because they went with the title of The Real Ghostbusters, and that's like right. a... That's like a snub to the Filmation Ghostbusters. That's oh, like, yeah. Nah, nah, everybody. It's it's like on Twitter now. It's like you've got Dan Klink, some guy out there, some mm -hmm. fake Dan Klink. So when I had made my account, I made it The Real Dan Klink. Well, from what I understand, so I think... I was talking to somebody at Deke Enterprises at the time. It could have been Robbie London. Um, and I believe I did ask him about the whole real Ghostbusters versus just Ghostbusters. And based on what he said, that was something that Columbia Pictures wanted. Oh, so Columbia wanted the real slapped on there. Yes, they wanted the real slapped on there because uh, apparently Deke Enterprises didn't care. 
either way. But sure. you know, right. but they were it was cashing almost, that check. Yeah. Right, they were cashing that check, <laughs> and uh, Columbia Pictures having real on there. That was like the ultimate slap in the face to filmation. Man, you that's- know. The, the level of passive aggression going on here with this entire story is amazing. I know. Sort of reminds me of when we talked about uh, Smurfs versus Snorks, but... Yeah, right. Which... <laughs> um, if you check out any of the episodes online, that's like a really good one. We talk about the Smurfs, so uh, I don't yeah. have the episode title in front of me. Oh, yeah, so. it was tied into the... Uh, Not the cutesy era, the tiny trend. The tiny trend. The tiny trend, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should have have titled it Smurfs versus Snorks. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of having a time machine. Right, yeah, yeah, that would have been a better title. And uh, so Smurfs versus Snorks can be the syndicated (laughs) version of that episode. (laughs) That's how we're going to cut the DVD 20 years from now. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and piss off fans because it <laughs> won't purists. be the original title. <laughs> right. um, and we'll right. even change the open like they do with DVDs. That or another thing that'll piss off our fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> because everything I just mentioned makes no sense. And you just wonder why businesses even do it. But they do. But again, that's for another time. I'm kind of getting off the, the topic. Oh, yeah. Here. I mean, I would add. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like everybody, if we're honest with ourselves, the best opening theme to Best Saturdays Podcast was the one produced by Quincy Jones for season mm-hmm. five of Best mm-hmm. Saturdays Podcast. We know that. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to play the season two, we want to hear the season two intro. Yeah, right. Quincy, thanks for doing the soundtrack, <laughs> but, you know, let's, let's keep it real. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And so uh, what surprises me about all this is that there wasn't a lawsuit. Well, no there one wasn't. I mean. No one went to court. I mean, well, so here's the other thing I just remembered. So what if buying the license, when Columbia Pictures bought the license for the name Ghostbusters, that also could translate to an animated series down the road? Sure, sure. And maybe that's why there wasn't a lawsuit? Right. Yeah, that's probably I'm just probably thinking. It. You know? I, mean, I always, As a kid, I always thought they added the real for legal mm-hmm. purposes. But now oh. I'm realizing, no, they added the real for jerk purposes. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so Filmation managed to get their Ghostbusters off the ground first before yeah. Deke's the real Ghostbusters. And, you know, you kind of I'm kind of feeling a little deja vu here when we talked about Batman versus Batman, because right. Filmation right. got the new adventures of Batman out in February of 1977, which preceded the all-new Super Friends Hour featuring right. Hanna-Barbera's version of Batman and Robin along with all the other superheroes. Well, Lou, Lou understood the virtue of getting it out first. Right. Because at the end of the day, there are people that are going to be definitely more familiar with the real Ghostbusters versus Filmation's Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, you know, get it out in the marketplace first. Maybe you, you know, get the fans first. But... That didn't really happen. Right. Right. <laughs> Even though Filmation had a head start with their Ghostbusters series, when the real Ghostbusters hit, it was a huge hit. It was a hit hit all by itself. It didn't need this uh this OG with a gorilla. I mean, go go tell it to GoBots, man. Being first to market doesn't necessarily mean you win. Well, you know, Dan, you know, you and I talked about Deeks, the real Ghostbusters versus Filmation's Ghostbusters a lot. And, you yeah. know, I'm a huge Filmation fan, but I'm not a huge fan of Filmation's 
Ghostbusters series. It's just no one of the... No, yeah. no one's going to fault you for that, dude. No one is going right, to fault you for right. that. I, I don't know. It was just missing something. For me, it was missing something. Even though I thought that the animation was pretty good on the series, but um, sure. I just could never get into it. So what do you think it was? What was the reason or the creative background? Why you think that Deke's Ghostbusters was just better? Ah, that's an excellent question. Uh, when both series hit at the same time uh certainly the real ghostbusters was coming off the real success of the of the film and that was pretty dark stuff like as a kid there were some parts that frightened me but ultimately the laugh ha ha charm got me over that when you dig into the film it's dark stuff they're talking about the apocalypse they're talking about the book of revelation they're talking about the end times right the idea of gozer in this like satanic temple and there is a grittiness and charm that Deke was able to certainly sanitize, but ultimately translate to a popular children's show. I mean, it wasn't even until my dad had pointed out that there was a campy live-action version prior to the Ghostbusters film. And wow. you know, there was no internet back then, so it's like I had no idea that when this, what I perceived to be Pretender, showed up. <laughs> that, that you know that it was it was actually first right like what is this other fake ghostbusters that's not as cool as the real ghostbusters yeah the the real ghostbusters again drawing from the film they were able to tap into what felt like its own mythology on the supernatural a at this point very well-tread subject ghosts and goblins and all that stuff you know they've been doing that in literature for over 100 years prior to the film it had a sense that it was bringing something new to the table. Whereas this other one with this gorilla running around, which already you're like, okay, dude, good thing I'm turning the channel. Uh, uh -huh. they're, they're fighting like, dra <laughs> they're fighting Draculas and Frankensteins, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, man, I don't want no Drac Draculas and Frankensteins. This is the era of Ghostbusters. We can explore <laughs> the supernatural without an old Hollywood property being attached to it. Right. Well, you know, I remember the original 19, you know, 75 Ghostbusters live action series. And again, I watched it, but I wasn't like a real huge fan of it. It was and barely watchable, I, Mark. Let's just be it, yes, honest. Yes. Yeah. yeah no but, offense to all involved. You did good work. It's just right. the end product was unwatchable. Yeah, that's how I felt about it, too. And, you know, so it was like one of those shows I kept watching, just hoping it would get better, and it just never did, and then I just sort of gave up on it. And I found out later, though, to my surprise, that that show did really good ratings. <laughs> really? Yeah. So um, no the network actually gave Filmation a choice. It's like, okay. So this is something that, you know, Dan and I talk about a lot. So back in the day, when... Series renewals came up on Saturday morning. The networks didn't really have a huge budget to give a season one show a full shot of additional episodes. And right. so if it was live action, they might get five new episodes or three new episodes, but it wasn't a lot. And so Filmation had Shazam and Isis as well as Ghostbusters that were all up for renewals. Right. And the network said to Filmation, you're going to have to choose. We can give you enough budget to renew two of the shows with new right. episodes, but not all three. And Filmation actually chose to put the renewal money that the network was going to give them into the Shazam Isis hour. And so Ghostbusters did not get the renewal, and that was the end of that. Right. 
But I was just surprised that kids really liked that show because, you know, to me, it was just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, I felt like Larry Storch and Forrest Tucker, their chemistry was definitely there. Sure. But for me, something was just, it just screamed corny. Right. Something was missing. A little too and fun. And I wanted it. I wanted to like it and I wanted it to be good. And it just wasn't for me. Look, we got to talk. Yeah, Thunder Talk. We're going all kinds of sideways with that sweet nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. It's topical. Political. Dare I say radical. We've got all your latest news and reviews. Hot music. And a whole lot of comedy. But it ain't for kids. Definitely mature content. So let's talk. Let's talk Thunder Talk. Thunder Talk is a proud member of the ESO Network. Time to grab your pillow and join the Geek Father and Little Bit for discussions on current, nostalgic, and speculative happenings in pop culture. Nerd news, fandom histories, deep dive discussions, reviews, and more. It's like listening to your closest friends have a nerdy conversation. So sit back, relax, and let the Blurred Nerds podcast embrace you with their warm, goofy goodness. It's nerd goals for your ear holes right here on the ESO Network. You also mentioned something about a toy line. I, I, I missed that, that both cartoon series had a toy line. Both cartoon series had a toy line, yeah. So the real Ghostbusters really ended up being the Ghostbusters franchise toy line uh, across the board. Because again, the 1984 film, they weren't thinking toys for that movie. Oh, wow. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, kind kind of taking a second shot at at what may have been a, a at least a delayed opportunity for merchandising right, for the right, film. Right. The filmation Ghostbusters also had a toy line, and in all honesty, playing with the neighbor kid up the street, the one kid out of fifty who was watching the Gorilla Ghostbusters had the toys, and they weren't bad. They were just overshadowed by the real Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, yeah, it was first to market again. GoBots was first to market. But without the internet, without the trade papers really given a whole lot of dams about children's programming, nobody knew. Nobody right. knew that these were first. And and that doesn't even mean that they deserve special consideration for being first. It's all about who's delivering the best story. And even though Ghostbusters and real Ghostbuster toys, in my opinion, were both pretty cool, Ghostbusters doesn't really deserve special consideration for getting there first. The animation was great. Beyond that, the story wasn't there. And that translated to interest in the toy sales. Definitely. Like I said, the live action version of Filmation's Ghostbusters was, you know, not that great. And I just never understood why they would do an animated version of it. You know, of course, finding out that the first show did great ratings, okay, that sort of made sense. And since they own the copyright, why not? If I had been Lou Scheimer, I probably would have made the same decision. However, <laughs> maybe well. the whole time machine thing, having the, the cartoon on the original negotiation table probably would have helped, you Dude. know, get them in the door. Yeah, I don't think it I don't think it would have been the same show though at all. It would it would have been a completely different series. And I think that the people working on Deke's version, they got it. The writers got it. They understood it. The development was there. Right. You know, and I think for Columbia to choose that animation company at that time was an impeccable choice. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, speaking to all of that, yeah. 
Uh, off the name alone, if I were Filmation, I would have done a Ghostbusters cartoon. Mm-hmm. If if for anything else, the name is hot and we have talent to feed. We have people clocking in every day who have mortgages and homes and lives that need to work. And I right. am not going to leave money on the table. <laughs> you know, if I also have the legal right to throw out the name Ghostbusters in whatever the end product ends up being. And at the same time, just like Lou Scheimer, I might express regret <laughs> for doing so at some point in the future. Right. And he, he actually said that, you know, yep. the confusion of two different Ghostbusters series led to poor toy sales. And in retrospect, Scheimer felt that, you know, it was probably not a great idea to produce the Ghostbusters show in direct competition with another much more popular real Ghostbusters animated series, right. you know? And uh, it's kind of similar, something that you brought up too. It was, you said it was sort of similar to GoBots and Transformers. Yeah, same same kind of deal. One, mm-hmm. even though GoBots made it to market first, it was an inferior product, inferior storytelling. Right. So oh, that was yeah. that. Like GoBots is barely remembered these days. You right. know, so funny. And uh, our friends at Q5, that wonderful consultant company. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing, like Q5 is a consulting company that production companies and networks would hire to, you know, give an overall view of the characters and make suggestions that they think would make a series better. And uh, in this particular case, for Deke's real Ghostbusters, the, the writers of the real Ghostbusters series accused Q5 of being sexist and racist. I remember our good friend Wheatley over at uh, History of Comic Books pointed out in a Thunder Talk episode that there was some backlash that happened uh, during the production of real Ghostbusters. How originally the character of Janine was smart and strong and portrayed. Right. Right. You know, as a as a as the fifth Ghostbuster uh, in terms of what she brought to the table as a character. And then they wanted to dumb her down. They wanted to make her this dumb secretary trope. And right. there was backlash from the production staff. As there should have been, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you know, why bring in a consulting company if they just want to reinforce stereotypes? You oh, know? yeah. Right. Now, right. now, of course, this is what we heard. I'm not saying that this was facts, but <laughs> the story on the streets are that this was an actual thing that happened in the production. Oh, yeah. We didn't go like scouring the Library of Congress to bring this to you. A lot of this Mm -hmm. is just, you know, what the talk on the street is. So don't, Mm -hmm. uh, if you got the real story, you know, let us know. If you don't, but you take offense to it, uh, don't sue us. (laughs) But there's a lot of evidence pointing to the fact that this probably did happen. You know, this consulting company came in and uh, the Q5, uh, I feel like we've talked about them before. Oh, they've come we up know before. About them. Yeah, they came uh, up earlier this season. They'll probably come r- up again. Yeah. When we were talking about the uh, Defenders of the Earth, I yeah, think. Yeah, they're the ones that rejiggered the genders of the children. Of the kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so these guys, uh, I don't know about these guys. This Q5 is shaping up to be kind of a recurring villain. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Along with our other friends, Action from Children's Television and right. and other watchdog censorship groups that try to destroy kids' animation. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Hello, everyone. Dr. Geek here with a shout out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. <laughs> Let's face it. 
creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. More positive than a New Day pancake. More fun than a super kick party. It's the wrestling podcast from the host, who is the hammer swinging, burrito eating, well you know the rest, of Thunder Talk, Sexy Thor. It's the ring of thunder found in the Thunderverse and among the great podcasts of the ESO Network. That Ghostbusters theme, that really popular one that was like stuck in everyone's heads. Oh yeah! Since, oh, since I was a kid, I've had stuck in my head that super famous Ghostbusters theme. Go go Ghostbusters, let's go! Ah, uh, that's how oh, it went. That's how it went. No, right? I don't think so. <laughs> You're talking about? Well, I think you have the wrong Ghostbusters, dude. I think it's, I don't. I don't um, think so. Nope. I'm pretty sure that was it. I'm pretty sure that okay. was the one that everyone loved and adored, and is still played to this day. Yeah, that one was <laughs> for the other Ghostbusters series. The Ray Parker one is the classic one. Oh, I, a funny story. So I remember Ray Parker came out singing the song on the Grammy Awards, right? And he had this one long airing, and he just looked so tickled to be like singing the Ghostbusters song on the Grammys. I think it's something that every musician dreams of. Right. And for that moment in time, you are the sh- Yep. <laughs> yep. There it is. There but it is. he just looked like he was going to explode. He was just filled with such happiness and joy like I want to pinch myself. I can't believe this is happening to me. That's awesome. Yeah, we should probably YouTube that. Uh, but, you know, in terms of what he was saying, and Mark, I guess we'll just agree to disagree. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was go, go, Ghostbusters. And a gorilla probably came out on stage and it was everybody <sighs> celebrated. And, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're giving me a headache, man. <laughs> no, it was the other Ghostbusters, you know. Who are you going to call? Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, some gorilla. Oh, no gorilla. <laughs> no gorilla named Tracy. Let's go. Ghostbusters. Let's go. No, let's not go. How about yeah. that? <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody, for our Ghostbusters versus Ghostbusters episode. Uh, tune in next time for another super awesome, amazing, earth-shattering episode of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a co-production of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives studios and the Weirdos Workshop. To get a personalized signed copy of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives book, go to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com. This is Mark McRae signing off. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, 
which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.